The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazurowski. And the Lake Effect snow guns are going to be firing up. Let's go to the National Weather Service. Aaron Reynolds joining us, meteorologist this morning. And hey, Aaron, uh, the warnings begin later this morning. Tell us about the warnings. What areas are going to be under the gun here? Well, the areas that are going to be under the gun this morning will be, and um, mainly tonight, uh, will be south of the Buffalo metro area, specifically Chautauqua County and very far southern Erie County. Um, the lake effect band may get up uh, as close as um, Hamburg, Orchard Park, and East Aurora tonight, um, but then we'll go back south again. The duration, um, is this you know typical for a lake effect storm? It seems like a long time. We're talking this morning through potentially Wednesday? Yeah, it's it's a long duration event. I mean, we're going to have it here for a little while, but um, like I said, um, it's going to last for a long time. But I mean, most of the snowfalls are going to be south of the city. When do you see the heaviest snow from this? Tonight will be the heaviest snow. Okay. So uh, mostly just ski country has to watch out, and uh, they're well. I, I guess they've been waiting for it for a while now. That is correct. Yeah, it, it, this will impact mainly the higher terrain and the ski country. All right, accumulations. Do you want to take a stab at that for any of the areas that you're looking at? Yeah, anywhere from eight to sixteen inches, and even possible some localized amounts up to twenty inches. Ooh, okay, and, so. and and that's again south of the south towns. That is correct. Mostly south of the city and south of the south towns. So that's for all the lake effect snow. Uh, meanwhile, over the next few days, for the city, for you know the Buffalo metro area surrounding suburbs. Are we expecting any snow in the forecast? Might get a little bit from passing snow showers or when, um, specifically maybe Tuesday night into Wednesday when the lake effect band shifts south, you might get some bands that briefly come on shore off Lake Ontario or something like that. But uh, most of it's going to not impact the city. All right. And then going through the week, is there anything else to worry about? Not right at this point. In fact, it warms up towards the end of the week and possibly some rain. All right, Jason, thank you. Uh, Jason Reynolds, or excuse me, Aaron Reynolds, joining us live from the National Weather Service with a look at our forecast, which includes some lake effect snow in ski country, where they got to be happy about that. I'm sure I, they I are. I mean, you're kicking off the winter season right. with a winter storm for uh, all the slopes down there. It was a heartbreaking loss for the Bills. Hurst takes a quarterback keeper to the five and into the end zone for the ball game. A 12-yard touchdown run by Jalen Hurts in overtime. And that is that. Buffalo loses in Philadelphia 37-34 to in overtime. Bills now 6-6, six and six, fighting to stay in the playoff picture. The game was almost won near the end. Bills going to go empty set here on third and seven. Two receivers to the left, three to the right, counting Kincaid. Here's the snap. Blitz coming, Allen lofts a pass to Davis, and it's over the wrong shoulder. Davis turned over his left shoulder. He threw it, anticipating him looking over his right. It is incomplete. So the field goal unit will come on as he had him. He beat Slay on the route, but he took it to the corner, and Josh thought he was taking it to the post. Oh, Gabe Davis on what happened on that play. There's ops right at the end. We wasn't on the same page. You know, it's that simple. We could have won the game. I mean, we're confident. Like, we had the game. It was right there. Just, again, it was just 
towards the end, we just me and him had a miscommunication. That was a touchdown. Could have won it. Uh, well, and you could have said that for a lot of uh, a game that goes in overtime. You can nitpick every little thing, and uh, we'll hear some of those things. Uh, should they have uh, went for it at the end of the game with twenty seconds right. left? Yeah, I'll vote yes. Should you know? Should James Cook have caught that touchdown pass? Yes, I vote yes. Um, How should, about two missed field goals? Should the uh, referees have gone for an eye test oh, before the game? I vote yes. A uh, lot of little things you can nitpick when a game goes into overtime, but uh, at the end of the day, chalk it up as an L for the. And you knew it was going to be hard. See, here's the thing about the Eagles. Right. They're ten and one. So. Right. <laughs> this, and even when the Bills were, we're ahead. not alone <laughs> in losing to Philadelphia, and I, right. I honestly didn't expect them to look this good. I'm feeling a. I'm the I'm the only person in Western New York, it seems, feeling better about the. No, there's one person on my text uh, chain feeling better about the Bills than I have at any point I since mean, it was they beat the Dolphins. It was a great game, and I, they were ahead. But even then, when they were ahead, you still felt like the Eagles could come back. Yeah, and well, they did. They have some time to get angry, I guess, um, or or just stay the same how they were last because they played pretty good. Uh, there's a bye this week, so no Bills for this upcoming week, but they do return to action against Kansas City coming up uh, two weeks from yesterday. A fatal three-alarm fire in Clarence is under investigation. One person and four dogs were found dead after a fire on Spalding Drive around 2.30 a.m. Sunday morning. Four people were inside the home. Three made it out. Ten volunteer fire companies responded. The Erie County Sheriff's Office looking for any photos or video of the fire to help in the investigation. That fire left a million dollars in damage. Well, how will opposition mold the project to cover a portion of the 33? WBEN's Brayton Wilson asks one of the key players behind the idea in Albany. Among the louder voices in Albany advocating for the $1 billion project to cap the Kensington Expressway and reconnect communities in East Buffalo has been State Assembly Majority Leader Crystal People Stokes. With the extensive nature of the project, Governor Kathy Hochul had extended the public comment period to allow for more feedback from those in the community who will be impacted the most. People Stokes feels she saw and heard from more people who are in favor of the project than those who are against and continue to voice out in opposition of it. I think we've done our political responsibility to allow everybody to weigh in and have a voice. And I think we still have to keep talking about it, no question. And I would never want to take anybody's ability to speak away from them. Everybody has that. But I will remind people that we went through the same process with the Skajakwita Expressway. When people wanted to reform that, DOT came up with a good plan and they got shut down multiple times and they decided that nothing would happen. I have no intention or no desire to see the 33 looking like it's looking 10 years from now because some people came to the gate late and had an opinion. People Stokes also reminds residents that the state money for this project is transportation money, which means if it's not invested on the Kensington Expressway, it will go somewhere else in the state. She feels that's something that people of the region who may be opposed to the project may need to understand better. Our strategy should be, and I believe the commissioner of DOT strategy is to help people understand exactly what's getting ready to happen. Because unfortunately, in the few community meetings, they didn't get it. But there are people who have been sitting around the table for 20 years, and they do get it. So we're going to go out and try to help people understand that it's time, and we'd like to see it happen. We don't want to lose these resources. And no, you cannot use transportation money to build housing. No, you cannot use transportation money to open supermarkets or to build businesses. You can only use it for transportation. And I don't think it should be denied them because other people disagree. Hear more from People Stokes available on our website. 
Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. Well, this is one of the busiest shopping days of the year. Cyber Monday will be bigger than Black Friday for the second year in a row. Bert Flickinger of Strategic Resources. Cyber Monday should be about 14 to $15 billion, which is very impressive. Uh, but to put that uh, compared to Alibaba in uh, People's Republic of China Singles Day on November 11th, Alibaba did close to 50 billion. Flickinger says some consumers are concerned about their safety at brick and mortar stores. Close to 40 percent of consumers are afraid of uh, public safety and uh, while Kroger, uh, Target, Costco have very good public safety, in my professional view, Walmart does not. Uh, low to no security in the stores, uh, fights and, and all kinds of uh, dire consequences. So uh, people are concerned about uh, shopping in public, so they're shifting more to cyber. Blickinger says shoppers are outsmarting stores. Hear about that online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. You know, let me tell you, walking in that Williamsville Target and you're just... <laughs> <laughs> looking around, I you know I don't know about that, but it's uh, popular over the weekend. Popular yes. today, of course, Cyber Monday. Your exclusive WBEN seven weather forecast: mostly cloudy skies today. Winds will be strong. Some scattered rain and snow showers. Buffalo northward. Lake effect snow south of the city with temperatures in the mid thirties. Tonight, the lake effect snow really ramps up down in ski country with overnight lows in the mid-20s. Lake effect snow will continue mostly south of Buffalo on Tuesday with highs in the low 30s. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Sal Capaccio joining us, Bill Sideline reporter for WGR. He was in Philly on the sidelines last night. The, the loss last night, Sal, has to be the biggest heartbreak of the year for this team. Uh, another game the Bills couldn't close out after they were leading. Yeah, I mean, well, pick your heartbreak, right? There's been six of them now, and they're all been one-score games, to be honest with you. But you're right, this is a, it's an all-timer. It's a classic game, two really good teams, and a game the Bills had, and the Bills pretty much dominated. Look at the statistics. Uh, to have 500 yards of offense, to score 34 points, still come away um, with a loss in that fashion is is pretty heartbreaking. Yes. Yeah, people are pretty upset, Sal. You know, in the the fan verse, you'll hear from them, I'm sure, uh, coming up on your show a little bit later today. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm like, I feel like the odd man out here, where I'm sitting here looking at the team and how they played yesterday, and generally, I don't know. I'm I'm almost impressed. I don't that you just took the best team in the league to overtime after the season that you've had up to this point like I'm actually feeling good the only problem is the hole that you've dug yourself into to this point um I the reasons to be optimistic after that game where are you looking (coughs) well optimistically I mean the offense looks fixed the last two weeks they look really good they scored 32 against the Jets 34 against the Eagles in an overtime game uh, Joe Brady looks like, you know, he's a nice play caller, good play caller. He knows what he's doing. The offense, the, and maybe more than anything, Brian, Josh Allen looks a lot better, right? I mean, Josh played probably his best game of the year, uh, the energy that he brought. But, I mean, that's great for you that you're uh, looking at it that way. I, I think that the difference is, as you said, you know, if you go back to, I remember 2021, the Bills give up that Hail Mary to, um, to uh, or 2020, excuse me, to the Arizona Cardinals. And it was a heartbreaking loss. But we came away from that going, okay, but you know what? There's still this really good team, and they have this really great record, and this might hurt them in the end, but everything's fine. The difference here is after a game like this, you're looking at the standings. They're 6-6. Six and six. They're on the outside looking in. That's what makes this a lot tougher to deal with. Despite all those things, you could look at it that way, and I'm sure people are encouraged by some things. 
But this hurts a lot more because of what you just said, the hole they've already dug themselves in and the chance that they had the chances throughout this game they had to win it. Is it the coaching? I mean, look at the 20 seconds of regulation that they just let go. Well, I mean, that's a pretty broad question. Um, there are a lot of things in coaching you could question, for sure. Um, there's always, Susan, I always believe it's there's there's everything that goes into losing or winning. Coaching, execution, everything. Um, you know, officials didn't help yesterday. That's another issue in itself. I think in that 20 seconds, I would have liked to have seen the Bills at least try something, at least try getting out. But, I mean, they didn't lose the game because of the 20 seconds. They lost the game because of a lot of other things. But certainly that's something where you can go back and question whether or not Sean McDermott should have tried to get the ball out in field goal range. Look, they had one timeout, they had 20 seconds. Same thing happened in Detroit last year on Thanksgiving. They had less time than that, and they still did kick the field goal to win it. We have seen, we saw Kansas City do that to the Bills with 13 seconds left. We all remember that uh, j- just a few years ago in the playoffs. And even McDermott admitted after the game, you know, that, you know, hey, what happened was he tried to end the game effectively right before that by calling the timeout before the 59-yard field goal. I mean, what a kick, right? 59 yards, and he makes it. And maybe if you save that timeout, then you think differently going into that 20 seconds. So I don't think they lost the game because they didn't choose to do that in 20 seconds, but they didn't try to win it in that moment either. Yeah, a million different things, right, Sal? I mean, the 20 seconds will drive me nuts, but you got a miracle field goal, a miracle touchdown before that, a drop touchdown by James Cook, and then you mentioned the thing that was just unbelievable, Sal, the officiating. Now, I am not a uh, person who just points at the officials usually after games because I think they're generally always bad, right? Like missed calls all the time, like every sport. It just always happens, so what's the use of complaining about it? But... Oh, man, Uh, especially that uh, tackle on Josh Allen where he gets flagged for a penalty sale. It just seemed they were brutal at times last night. It was ridiculous. Um, I am also not one of these people, and I hate doing it. I hate sounding like one of those people, right, which is blame the officials, blame the referees. I'm not. The Bills didn't lose this game because of officiating. That made it much, much harder for them to win because of the position they were put in. Now, they also committed penalties that were called, and they were legitimate penalties, and that's on them. You can't grab a guy's face mask on a punt that you're covering that costs you 15 yards. You know, there's a holding there or whatever, but, I mean, it's not even the ones that were called on the Bills. It's the ones that weren't called on the Eagles. The horse collar was egregious that should have been called, obviously, on Josh Allen. We got Gene Steratore tweeting out about how it was a missed call, right? Um, The pass interference that was not called on Trent Shurfield, the pass interference slash hold that was not called on Stefan Diggs. Like these are things that just add up. You can't beat it's hard it's hard enough to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. They're nine and one coming into the game. But then you have to deal with all of that, makes it even harder. And they're critical situations. I mean if Josh gets the horse collar, you know, that's a that changes the game right there and what they can do in that moment. Um, so yeah, they, I, I thought the officials did not look, it, it was 11 to one against the bills and penalties at one point at halftime, they had 11 penalties. I think 10 were, one was a, um, a wash either way because it was offsetting, but officially I think it was 10 to one in the first half against the bills. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, the, the miscommunication on the bills yeah. final drive, Allen throwing to Gabe Davis. What happened there? Well, so it's called a choice route. Um, well, it's, it's, it's an option route or a choice route, either way you want to term it, but it's an option route. And what happens is basically the quarterback and the receiver, and generally you're on the same page on these kinds of things. They happen all the time. They're not just like this one play, this one-off option route. You run option routes the whole game, and generally they're there, and you, <clears throat> you have the same communication. What happens on an option route is the receiver sees how the defensive back is playing him. Inside leverage or outside leverage, 
he decides to go one way or the other, depending on that. The quarterback sees the same thing, so he throws it to where he knows the receiver's going to go. And in this particular instance, Gabe Davis saw the defensive back where he was. He went outside. Josh Allen thought he was going to go inside, and that's where he threw the ball. Josh put it on himself after the game. Um, I, I can't sit here and tell you who is right, who is wrong. I'm not in the meeting rooms on how they play that particular lever- leverage or coverage. It was a missed opportunity, though. They went cover zero, which means no safety in the middle of the field. They were putting a little pressure on Josh, although he had a little bit of time because they, were, they blitzed a little bit there. Um, but that's a one-on-one situation where Gabe Davis read the defensive back to go one way. Josh read it where he thought Gabe was going to go the other way, and he missed him, and it's a miscommunication. They get to fourth and six. They settle for the field goal, and we know what happened once the Eagles got the ball. Now, I don't know if it's totally impossible, Sal, to uh, get in with another loss, but it really seems like the Bills need to win out in order to make the playoffs here. Probably right. Um, you know, I think you could probably get in at 10-7, and seven, but with their – I mean, you might be able to get in at 10-7. and seven. Right now they have six losses. But with their AFC record where it is, that would be really tough because they're going to lose a lot of tiebreakers to a lot of teams. Um, they have not taken care of business in their own conference. Their losses, they have five AFC losses. Um, that can't happen. So they might have to win out to make the playoffs. If they win 10, meaning they lose one game the rest of the way, I think it almost has to be just the Dallas Cowboys game. That's the NFC. That's the only NFC game they have left. The rest of them are all AFC games you have to win. That's Kansas City, New England, Chargers. Miami, um, but they're up. <clears throat> they're up against it, though, guys. I mean, they they've put themselves in a really, really tough spot. Um, as I sit here now, just to do it real quick, looking at the AFC standings, the Bills are in tenth place. They're in the tenth seed. I mean, the good news is they're only a half game out of a seventh seed, which is a playoff spot. The bad news is they lose a tiebreaker to Denver, who's six and five, half game ahead of them. They lose a tiebreaker to Houston, who's six and five, half game ahead of them. They lose a tiebreaker to Indy, six and five, a half game ahead of them. So they have three teams ahead of them, and they're own, and they're ahead of them in record and in tiebreaker. Yeah, add Pittsburgh to that, lose uh, to them uh, too, tiebreaker. If uh, well, they would, but, they, but I, I'm not counting them because they're already they're a full game. But, but you're right, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, all these teams, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, because all these teams have better conference record than the Bills, and that's what's sinking them right now. Oof. <laughs> it's going to be a rough one. Hey, but you know what? After last night, it might be a fun one uh, because that was a heck of a game, Sal. Uh, Sal was down on the sidelines uh, getting uh, wet, I'm sure, and uh, hopefully you've uh, thawed out and everything and are ready to go for later on this morning. Sal Capancho was on the call on WGR. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.